Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sunday Soother. I'm going to read you this week's essay, which is talking about dirty self-care and why it doesn't work. So before I do that, I want to say I will not have another podcast episode this week. As I predicted, I'm spending most of my energy and presence on my dating course and my one-on-one clients right now. So stay tuned though, more will be coming. I've still got my list of ideas in my little Evernote app and there's lots I want to talk about. But I did want to let you know about three things that are coming up. So first on October 4th, At 8.30 p.m. Eastern, it's a Sunday night, I am doing the first ever Sunday Soother pajama journaling party. (laughs) I love, I don't know, I was like, wanted to make it fun. Um, And I kind of like that idea. And so it's $10, and I'll put the link in the show notes. And it's uh, an hour of me holding space for journaling, meditation, and breathing. So the first section, we're going to do stream of consciousness journaling. You guys know how big a fan I am of morning pages. And I think stream of consciousness journaling at any point is so helpful for kind of like processing and brain dumping and everything. So we're going to spend some time stream of consciousness journaling. Then I'm going to lead you through a series of guided journaling prompts to set your intentions and goals for the week and to do some reviewing and processing from the past week. Then I'm going to lead you through about 10 minutes of guided breathing exercises to help reduce your anxiety. And then I'm going to do a guided relaxation meditation. And so it'll be over like around 930 or, you know, between 930 and 10 Eastern time. Um, and if you like, you might be so relaxed that you can just drift off to bed at that point. Uh, anybody's welcome at any place in the world, even if it's not the evening for you, the link will be in the show notes and I hope I see you there. Then on October 16th, I'm holding my regular new moon journal circle. That's free. It's Friday night, I think at 8 PM Eastern. And, um, the new moon is going to be in Libra. And it's a sign all about balance and harmony. So I'm going to be walking you through a guided meditation of how to envision your perfect balanced day, and then some journaling prompts about what balance harmony means to you, what you might need more of less of in your life. And then we're going to, um, I'll do a tarot reading for the group and uh, pick you a uh, read you a card that can show you how to support into in calling in more balance in your life. And then lastly, I am relaunching my course, An Introduction to Intentional Living, as a small group program. And we're going to start in mid-October. So I wanted to, um, so when I ran this course, it was back in, I think it started in March. So it was right around the time of the pandemic starting. And it was like, something I'd had in my heart and my mind for a while. And I was like, if not now, when, you know, people have, this is a scary time in the world. And I think it's really important to get to know yourself and learn about the things that you're going to do and what you really want to do and like what your actual values are and how you can set some core values. And then I was like reviewing some of my business stuff from this year. And I really wanted to get this course up on the new platform that I'm using for courses it previously had run as an email course. And so I thought a great way to like get me motivated and accountable to do that would be to run it again. (laughs) And I wanted to bring in a group coaching element of it this time. So this course is eight weeks to living a more intentional life. Um, It's going to help you conquer self-doubt and start taking action on your dreams and help you stop feeling like a passive participant in your own story. So this is great for those of you who 
kind of want to live more intentionally and authentically, but you just don't know exactly how to start doing that, right? There's not really a roadmap to something like that. And so this course is wonderful because it doesn't give you like a roadmap for how to start living intentionally, but it gives you a roadmap for how to tune into your intuition, clear space, get to know yourself, define your values, and then create goals and um, planning your life from there. So it's more of, as you know, all of my stuff is, it's more an inner turning to, to you and what's at the core of you and what's important to you and how can you start learning and knowing about yourself. So it's going to start in mid-October. It's eight weeks long and there will be eight 60 to 90 minute group coaching calls with it as well. Um, and I would love to have you there. You're going to end up at the end of it. Like you're going to have three to five values based, authentic goals and a 90 day goals plan to get to doing them. So it's a great way if, if 2020, I mean, God, if you're like, where did this year go? Most of it went to panic. Like that's me too. And I feel you. Um, and you kind of want to try to like, not salvage, but like use the the remaining few months of this year intentionally and set yourself up for a more meaningful and authentic life in 2021. This will be a great way to do that. So those are three things that are coming up and the links to all of them will be in the show notes. So let me go ahead and get to this week's Sunday Soother essay. What's dirty self-care and why doesn't it work? It's no news that the kind of self-care we've been sold isn't really working for anybody in its current form. But in my experience, it's a little harder to articulate why. That's what I'm going to try to do today. I thought I'd explore this after the newsletter Recommendo shared my recent post, my favorite healing resources to help you move past talk therapy. And Claudia, one of the Recommendo authors, called me a quote-unquote self-care expert. I honestly hadn't ever thought of myself that way, but I was like, hell, let's run with this. Thanks, Claudia. And then it got me thinking about, well, if others see me as a self-care expert, how do I even define self-care for myself? And why do I see clients who come to me having tried a lot of things, self-carey things even, but still feeling totally burnt out, anxious, and not nourished by the things they are trying? As I thought about it, I started to frame it for myself like this. The self-care we're currently engaging in is mostly a consumerized one, predicated on attaining standards laid out by white supremacy, capitalism, and the patriarchy, which means when we're engaging in these acts, they're more about fixing ourselves rather than nourishing ourselves. And we all know that these kind of systems are laid on a foundation of perfectionism, workaholism, impossible body and beauty standards, and positive vibes only. And through them, we're either implicitly or explicitly told that if we engage in certain acts of self-care, then we'll be fine and we'll feel good. And if those types of acts of self-care don't work for us, then we're the problem. Now, as you may know, if you've been reading this either for a while, I'm a big believer that it's the systems that are trash and broken and that the individuals and you and me are already whole and perfect. And many of us are waking up to this fact, but many of us are still caught in the seduction of these systems and the low self-worth and self-loathing they engender. 
However, we do know at some level that something is wrong. Something doesn't feel good. And I think we try to respond by engaging in four types of self-care that, even though we're hoping for otherwise, don't always help. And we know at some deep level they don't help. But they're the types of self-care that the very same systems that have convinced us we are broken are selling to us. They're the mainstream acts of self-care that are available to us. And so we go for them. In this week's post, I'm going to break down these four types of self-care, what they look like, why they don't really help, and offer you a fifth type of self-care that, in my hopes and wishes, will help you understand that you are already whole, perfect, worthy, and enough. You just may need some guidance to getting there. So the tricky thing about these four kinds of self-care is that any act of self-care could fall under any of them. And any act of self-care that falls under these four types could also actually be really nourishing and important and feel good. Like putting on a face mask and taking a bath could fall under the category below of band-aid fixes. But if it's done with the right intention and energy, it can actually feel really dang good. On the other hand, something like meditating or journaling, which can be true acts of self-care, might feel draining or dread-inducing if you're bringing the energy of shame and fixing yourself to them. So I think that the issue with self-care here is not so much necessarily the acts or items or things themselves, but the energy that is brought in the moment before choosing to do an act of self-care. Here are the four dominant types of self-care energy I see brought to play that don't work because they only leave you feeling more burnt out, broken, ashamed, or empty. Sometimes I refer to these energies and the acts of self-care that stem from them as quote-unquote dirty self-care, the kind that we're doing because we've been made to feel bad or dirty for who we are. The four types are shame-driven, band-aid, rebellion, and numbing. Let me preface this all by saying it's not your fault and you're not bad or weak if you've been using these four kinds of self-care energies. In fact, it's the inevitable outcome of the society we live in that you would absolutely do these kinds of self-care. And in some cases, they may work or have worked, and that's great too. So this post is not meant to make you feel bad for doing any of these, only to point out that, one, that these systems are in place and failing us, and two, that there is another way. So let's go into the four types. Number one I see, shame-driven self-care. This is the kind of self-care attempts that are self-care masked as fixing yourself to fit the unrealistic and cruel expectations set by systems of white supremacy, patriarchy, and capitalism. The energy behind it feels punishing and shameful. You're engaging in the acts of self-care not necessarily because they will feel good and nourishing, but because you feel as if you have to fix something faulty in yourself. This could be stuff like eating healthy, masked as dieting, only eating organic or drinking green juice all the time, working out hard, masks is trying to lose weight, meditating because you want to fix your anxiety, going on a cleaning binge because you think you're a slob. Hopefully you're getting the vibe here because the reality is eating healthy, working out, cleaning, and meditating can be, of course, wonderful acts of self-care. But the questions here to ask yourself to do the energy check are, does the energy feel punishing? Does the energy feel obligatory? Are you using words like should, Are you feeling deficient in some capacity and using self-care as a method of trying to fix the thing you believe is wrong or broken with you? 
Were you criticizing yourself right before you decided to do this act of self-care? Is there an aura of self-optimization about it? Self-care so you can work harder, do more, be efficient, be praised. And Gia Tolentino's excerpt from Trick Mirror, which I link in the post, addresses this very deftly. So if it's possible, if you have any of those energies or answering those questions, the act of self-care you're engaging in is shame-based, fixer-upper vibes, and you can let it go because there's nothing to fix about you and nothing for you to be ashamed about. Second type, band-aid self-care. These are items like face masks and baths, new skin per skincare purchases or other purchased goods. Now these things are nice and can truly be part of a nourished self-care routine, but in a lot of ways, they're also just band-aids that we're applying to the gaping wounds inflicted on us by these systems and wondering why doesn't this band-aid work (laughs) and thinking that there must be something wrong with us. You know, but now we all know a bubble bath ain't going to fix white supremacy, but we still fall prey to this thinking from time to time. And the thing I always think about when thinking about Band-Aid self-care is an ad I saw recently for an alcoholic seltzer that was organic and had probiotics and antioxidants. (laughs) Like, great. I mean, Jesus, we can talk about alcohol and its role in white supremacy and capitalism later and the brainwashing of our society that's gone on around drinking. But my friend, you cannot be destroying your gut lining with alcohol and thinking the probiotics in it are also going to somehow save you. That is the very definition of a Band-Aid self-care act, drinking alcohol that also has something vaguely buzzwordy, quote-unquote, good in it for you. And so the energy here will feel harried, going for the quickest fix possible. Usually there's a consumer element here of buying something to do in the self-care act, the latest bath salts or sheet masks or, you know, quote-unquote, organic alcohol. The energy here doesn't go very deep. It's not a matter of figuring out how to leave a toxic job, for example, It's the energy of, I'm going to buy myself a new toy to distract myself from my toxic job. The self-care is fine. Baths and candles are super nice. I just took a bath with candles last night. There's nothing bad about indulging in this form of self-care. As long as you don't expect it, we'll address the systemic and root issues of our low self-worth-inducing systems, which is something we have to work on collectively. And the things you might want to consider here, do you have a toxic job? Are you in toxic relationships with people or with habits or objects? The remedy here is then going deep about the things in your life that may truly be making you feel unworthy and seeing if you can detangle yourself from them. Okay, the third kind of dirty self-care, rebellion self-care. This was my favorite kind of self-care. And frankly, It's inevitable for each of us that we will use this form of self-care at some point because we get real tired of being made to feel real shitty and we're going to want to stick up a middle finger and this is definitely one way to do it. These are going to be the acts of self-care that say, fuck you, I deserve this thing. Drinking a bottle of wine, spending more money than we meant on online shopping, overindulgence in some form. The energy is angry toddler, lashing out, sullen but fierce energy. It's the energy of... God damn it, I've been working so hard and trying so hard and nothing seems to matter. So fuck it. I'm going to go all in on this thing because what's the point anyways? Again, having some great wine or dessert or buying ourselves a nice item, there are wonderful things. You just have to ask yourself if you're doing it out of real intent or rebellion. And is this act of rebellion serving you? And the fourth kind of dirty self-care, numbing out self-care. This is very zoned out here. Wanting to leave your cares behind. Escaping the reality that is our often cruel and diminishing and unfair world. 
Oftentimes this looks like a mix between rebellion and band-aid, numbing out with booze or Netflix or scrolling. Again, numbing self-care, like all of these types, is a coping mechanism. And any coping mechanism was developed as a pretty smart tool that helped us in the moment. So like any of these other self-care flavors, there's nothing shameful or bad about having used it. In fact, it may have been very necessary at times in your life or gotten you through tough times, and that's a good thing. So the energy in numbing and numbing out self-care is to disconnect, to leave your body and heart and zone out, to let a type of media or substance wash over you. So you really don't have to think about anything anymore. Okay, so those are the four types. And as you can maybe see, this is a subtle layered topic. You know, there's a lot of interplay between the four types and any of the items or acts I listed above could honestly still be awesome and genuinely make you feel really good. But the likelihood is that if any of those acts are coming from one of the four above energies, they may over time leave you feeling emptier rather than more nourished. So how do we do different? First, we must acknowledge two things. I'll say it again for the seats in the back. Our systems are trash and actually built on a foundation of us feeling unworthy. When we feel unworthy, we will work harder, buy more, and continue to place the power of improvement into the hands of capitalism or standards set by dark forces. And the reality is all the self-care in the world, even the quote-unquote good kind of self-care, won't fix those systems. Political acts, voting, volunteering, donating will, fighting for and participating in our democracy will. Two, at the same time, the duality here is that we still must engage in acts of self-care. Even if those acts of self-care do not in and of themselves on their own change the systems, there's no way you've gotten to 2020 without at least glancing at quotes and ex- excerpts from activists like Audre Lorde, Bell Hooks, and others who define self-love and self-care as radical and political acts. I linked this article here, but a quote from this article is, self-care has its radical and political roots in the civil rights and women's rights movements where women and people of color viewed controlling their health as a corrective to the failures of a white patriarchal medical system to properly tend to their needs. So the reality and the contradiction here is you must engage in self-care to sustain change. And when it gets truly transformative is when that self-care is not any of the four kinds of energy above but true, joyful, nourishing, spacious acts of self-care. Acts of self-care that don't have a quote-unquote point, that involve play, that are predicated on making you feel good because you deserve to feel good, not because you need to improve anything about yourself. So how can you start getting there? I'm a big believer in asking better questions to get better outcomes. So I created a list of questions you can ask yourself to dig a little deeper on the things you're trying to nourish yourself with in your life. Here they are. What was I doing in the moment right before I decided to do this? Why do I want to do this thing? Is there a goal-based outcome or hope for this, or is it just play? Does this act feel like play, or does it feel like work? Will this help my future self? And this question is a good one to ask when we come up against shoulds in self-care. Sometimes the should is shame-based, And sometimes you're like, I should do the dishes because it would be a good idea to do the dishes and work out because it will make future you feel taken care of. Does this meet or serve one of my core values? Is this tied to productivity or improving or fixing myself? Is there a way I can make this simpler or easier? And I ask myself this question sometimes when I'm dreading meditation because in my mind I've decided I have to do like 30 or 60 minutes of it. I just let myself do five or 10 instead. 
And finally, is the goal of this act to nourish me as I am or punish me for not being something or someone else? The reality is, and it took me 40 years to get here, self-care when you do it for you and you alone because you have realized you're a divine being who deserves care and joy and play and movement and good food and self-compassion, well, it stops feeling like an obligation. It starts to feel like a privilege and a birthright. The dirty self-care is the kind of self-care that comes from a place of believing you're broken and gross and need to be whipped into shape or changed into something else. The quote-unquote clean self-care is nourishing, sustainable self-care that's meant to enhance our self-worth and self-acceptance and help us to go after meaningful goals and changes while loving and taking care of ourselves. It's depressing to really think about how white supremacy, patriarchy, and capitalism have stripped us of our love of ourselves as a tool of oppression. If we hate and doubt ourselves, hate and doubt our minds, our bodies, our desires, we'll buy or engage in any quick fix. We'll stay stuck in front of the TV. We'll try half-heartedly to stick to a meditation routine or go for a run. But because we've been trained to doubt our own goddamn power, it will feel too hard to trust we can keep sticking to those things that will help us rise. Try out this idea around self-care. It gets to feel good. Because you are good. It's as simple as that. <laughs>